BS Free Witchcraft is a production of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. Nerd and Tie produces podcasts ranging from actual play to true crime, and you can find more at nerdandtie.com or join our Discord by going to nerdandtie.com slash Discord. Welcome to BS Free Witchcraft, your monthly guide to the modern witchcraft movement. Mine's a lot of the usual, well, bullshit. I'm your host, Trey Dorn, and it is July of 2022. And because it's July, it means it's time for our annual Q&A and feedback episode, where I uh, solicited questions and comments from you, the listeners, and y'all sent them to me. Uh, yeah, so if you're ever wondering what like that contact form on my website is uh, on bsforwitchcraft.com, it's for this. It's, it's for this episode <laughs> every year. And uh, I, I got a lot more questions than I have time to answer, so uh, we're going to be grabbing a bunch of them, but not all of them. Now, I haven't thought about my answers to all these. Some of these questions I read like once, like a couple of weeks ago, and then I haven't, I don't even remember what they are, but uh, so it's going to be always fun to watch me stumble through them, uh, but I'll give you my best answers that we have. And I think that hopefully uh, you'll find them helpful. <laughs> now, when I read these questions, I'm going to anonymize them. I'm not going to say who they're from because I don't know your life or situations. And the context might mean that for some reason you don't want that stuff public. And I haven't double checked with you. So as always, I do anonymize these. Mostly. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to reveal who the first one is <laughs> because I threatened to do that already uh because the first question comes from ask secular witch this is what she wrote what's the newest thing you've seen in regards to spell work that is just le sparkle le chef kiss could be an ingredient could be a technique could be a whole ass book you tell us the people want to know the people is me what's the newest thing i've seen in regards to spell work um I don't know when's the last time I saw something new that I wasn't like. Like there's stuff I've seen that has become more popular, like and like there's stuff that used to be obscure that is now kind of mainstream, but it was it's nothing I wasn't familiar with before. You know, I'm so here's the thing. I'm really set in my ways when it comes to my own actual spell work. I'm really happy with the way that I practice magic. And uh, I, I always try to learn about other stuff, but I've, I've yet to have anything grab me. Um, so... I don't know, magic? Like, I'm, I'm a person who does mostly, like, energy work and... Uh, Lower Casey. Uh, and it's like, I think that, uh, God. See, Sack, you are doing this to me. Um, okay, so this is the thing. This is the thing I really want to do. And this is the thing I haven't done yet. And I keep threatening to do it. And it is my, the, the little techno pagan in my soul that wants to um, write a spell in code in like, machine language or just like some weird like do something in like DOS or something like pull up like a quick basic 4.5 in DOS and code something that 
creates a sigil that it does not become the sigil until it's run because this is the thing like you see people like do like sigil magic on um on the internet and they'll they'll post images of it and like in theory that that's not any less legitimate but i think it would be really interesting to try to cast a spell into a piece of code where until it constructs the image not through an image file but through like actual like procedural general like until it constructs it it doesn't become the thing so you could truly have a spell that's only active when the program is run that's it's such a a fascination i have that um i want to do it and i just don't have the time i have this like if i did it in something like i I am old. I'm in my 40s. And when I was a kid, I used to program stuff in QBasic and QuickBasic all the time. And like, I'm sure I could still figure out how to do it pretty easily. Um, so it's just taking the time to do it. And it's not like I don't have DOSBox on every computer I own effectively. <laughs> hmm. Okay. That was a weird answer for the first question, and uh, who knows how things are going to go from here. Here's a second question from an anonymous user. Um, I'm thinking about telling other people I'm a witch, but I'm really unsure on how to do that with people who have known me for ages. Do you have any advice about this? I can't compare it to coming out as queer because it always went like I have a girlfriend and no questions were asked. Friends were lost, but fuck them. <laughs> God, so this is the... Here's the thing. I don't tell most people in the world that I... My, my wife knows I'm a witch. My friends know I'm a witch. Like, I'm open about it, but I don't bring it up unprompted ever. Um, because, like, there's this thing where I used to actually... There was a period in my life where I just stopped telling people altogether. Not because I felt bad about it or because I was afraid of persecution. I just got so exhausted in giving, like, a Witchcraft 101 on the modern witchcraft movement to every new freaking person I met. Like, I remember back in college, a long time ago, um, I was in a religions class. I was a comparative religions class, and... One of the exercises that the professor did was just have people break off into groups and talk about what religion they were. And I, the, the point was to see what biases and backgrounds that your fellow students had. And I was in a group where, like, it was two Lutherans and a Catholic. And then I'm like, I'm a Wiccan. And suddenly, all three turn and just start asking me questions over and over again about everything. And I'm just like, okay. No one else is having this experience. Well, I mean, other people might have been having experiences like that in the room, but I'm the only one having this experience in this group as everyone else gets to be part of the assumed majority. Um, or like uh, first time, you know, I had a roommate in college and I had to explain to And like, it's this thing. I kept having to explain what it was over and over and over again. I don't, most of my coworkers don't know that I'm, a witch just because it just hasn't come up and I don't feel like having the conversation because yes I have a day job um if you would like to help avoid that um, I have a patreon at patreon.com slash t-r-a-e-g-o-r-n it needs to make a lot more money than it is now for me to leave that day job uh 
Um, so I guess, like, I understand it's, it's the sort of thing I'd only mention if it comes up. It does lead to weird situations. Like when I started this podcast, I had friends who I had known for like a decade who suddenly were like, oh my God, you're a witch too. And like, none of us knew that the other ones were because no one ever thought to mention it to each other because we were all sick of explaining what it was to people. Um, so I guess, yeah, it's tell them, don't tell it, it's going to be a pain. <laughs> it's good. It's just, just going to be a pain in the ass. Um, but if it's important for the people in your life to know for, if it's important to you for them to know, I say, tell them, uh, and then just, just be ready to have to answer follow-up questions. Or maybe just direct them to like the first episode of this podcast where I run through the fact. Uh, <laughs> it's just, yeah. Um, that we're gonna move on to the next one. This this uh, listener wrote in. Um, Hello, I've been listening to your podcast for a few months. I started my own witchcraft journey earlier this year and was very pleasantly surprised to find a reliable source amongst the sea of well, you know. I wanted to take the time to thank you for all the time and energy you put into making this a reality for all of us. I truly appreciate all the information you've put out so far and can honestly say I would have taken me much longer to learn the basics without this podcast. Well, that's, that's nice to hear. I've been thinking a lot about baneful versus beneficial magic and how certain spells can look like hexes and vice versa depending on the intentions put behind it. I was wondering if I could get your input on this. Is there a beneficial hex? Could you, for example, hex someone into being more productive at work or more thoughtful towards others? Would it just be considered aggressive spellcasting or would it fall under its own category? All right, so when we use the word hex, there are a couple of different ways people use the word hex. Either they just are referring to baneful magic in general and they'll use hex for that. Uh, there is a specific form of magic, uh, hexcraft, which is very different, and that is neither positive nor negative. And actually, usually it's beneficial stuff when people like cast it for like protective stuff um and that's not what we're talking about that's not what we're talking about because i don't live in pennsylvania um so well I, we're talking about this in the sense of so it's just hex is negative so i don't like like we I, I prefer the terms like baneful and beneficial over like some of the other words people use for it but um let's be honest and let's let's be completely honest here Magic is magic, and whether or not something is good or bad is, uh, that's a human morality that we're putting on what we believe to be this external force, right? Or at least this universal force. If, if something, if something is, if a spell is baneful or beneficial, that's not something inherent to the magic, that is just the way that it's been applied, Right? That's just a way that the spell has been used. The magic itself does not have an intrinsic moral value. So if you if someone might describe a spell as a hex and someone might not, someone might describe a spell as baneful and the other might be beneficial, it all depends on point of view. So when we talk about this, I don't I don't think it's we don't want to don't throw it into that binary. Like that's because individual senses of ethics and morality are going to vary between people. And um, 
it's not a universal thing. And I think that's the one thing we have to get used to. And the important thing to remember is that a lot of this stuff, people tend to treat their own personal experiences as universal experiences. And that's not always useful. Um, because, well, there are many things in life that, that are, there are objective things about reality. Um, whether something is right or wrong is an inherently subjective thing. Because while as a society we agree that certain things are right and wrong and there are some commonalities between our morals, um, not everything is the same for everybody. And it's important to remember that. Speaking of morality and ethics, but not quite the same, um, hi Trey, I just started listening to your podcast and was wondering if you'd be able to talk about ethical and non-ethical tool tools used in witchcraft. For example, using such things as sage as part of a closed practice or how buying crystals could be damaging to the environment. This must have been a while ago this was asked. Uh, I think so many of witchcraft are seen as mainstream and not many people would even bat an eyelid at stuff like that. Um, well, I, I did a whole crystals episode. This might have been an older question. I sometimes have these things sitting in the inbox for a while. Um, so obviously, you know. But uh, as to the ethics of tools, uh, so like White Sage, um, it's actually like, it's not unethical to use White Sage. It's just that White Sage is over harvested. And so if you buy if you use ethically grown sage it's fine however it is so difficult to determine the origins of it that i avoid it altogether um and let's let's be clear so um white sage because there's more than one kind of sage is used by certain native american groups for a ritual referred to as smudging smudging is a closed practice Smoke cleansing with an herb is not a close practice, right? Right. Um, and what most people do that they call smudging is nowhere near the thing that uh, Native Americans do in really the intention even because calling in spirits versus getting rid of spirits. Anyways, and so that's that's why like uh, there's 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 this uh, pushback against the use of white sage um, by non-natives uh, and. I largely agree with that in the sense that I don't think that uh, non-natives should be, uh, just because it's so difficult to tell the origins. Like, I guess if you're growing the white sage yourself, it's fine. But, like, because the origins of most retailers are not clear, and as for crystals, I, I did a whole episode on, on crystals being uh, about the unethical mining of a lot of crystals that are on the market. And you can go back and listen to that very depressing episode um, and how you should always try to invest in ethically sourced crystals whenever possible, if you choose to buy crystals at all. I think that it's important as just a person to choose to do the ethical like choose to do the right thing whenever possible and so um i do think it's important that we avoid taking from close practices and we ethically source our spell components and um 
Yeah. It's it sucks when when people you know do stuff and yeah. That's that's probably not a helpful answer, but it's bad to use stuff with a real human cost or to take from close practices and I will fight you. <laughs> it's, that's my answer. Um, yeah. Anyways, on to the next question. Hey, Trey, I'm a beginner witch and I've been listening to your channel since the fall. I have a few questions to ask you. I've seen a lot of, a lot of sub, I'm going to say they're trying to say subliminals. I think there's just a, a letter missing on YouTube. Some are for growing your own set of wings, shifting reality and awaking and getting super powered. Now my old friend keeps on talking about it over the phone. I kind of wonder if he's just pulling my leg. I want to know whether or not it's a bunch of BS or some of it is really true. And I have a question for you. Um, okay. Um, I started lighting incense and incense sticks. And there are sources that say you have to have your window open in order for the negative energy to go out. But it's the middle of winter. This is an older question, I'm assuming. This is according to many YouTube videos. All right. So. Uh, sorry to take so long to answer your question. <laughs> um, yeah. Is your friend pulling your leg? Um, that's a good question. I don't know how old you are. You sound young, uh, based on this. And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But you're... F so, first off, you're not going to grow your own set of wings. Not without surgical intervention. <laughs> it's, uh... Yeah... Look, I'm not going to get into shifting. Uh, that is a whole other episode, but that's pretty much a bunch of people uh, lucid dreaming and trying to uh, claim it's something else. And I can talk about that on a later episode. Um, but your friend, whether your friend believes that that stuff is possible or that it's happening, that's the question. And that just has to do with the psychology of your friend. Because either they're messing with you or they've bought into stuff that is probably dangerous and manipulative. Just either way. Um, I've known both kinds of people over the years. It's I've known people who, who would lie about that sort of thing. I've known people who would fall for that sort of thing. So, yeah. As for... Um, lighting incense and whether or not uh, in order for the negative energy to go out. So, um, energy can go through walls according to... So, okay, that's... Some witch had a personal gnosis and is saying that, and that's fine. Um, if that's the way you construct a spell where the incense smoke is supposed to carry away, directly carry away the negative energy, then that's the way they constructed their ritual and spell, and that's the way that they set it up to do it. It is not necessarily the way that you have to do it. Um, there are ways to use incense where you wouldn't. I mean, here's the thing, though. Um, you're burning something. You should have a well-ventilated area. It's anytime you're burning something, 
it should be a well-ventilated area. So I would say crack a window either way. <laughs> if not for uh, if not for the negative energy for your air quality. <laughs> that's um, yeah, that's just a, a basic safety tip. It's important to be able to breathe, especially these days. I know that that was a really long time since you asked that question, but uh, yeah. All right, on to the next one. Uh, good morning. Um, I'm new to the craft and to Wicca. Uh, my question is to you is how did you choose your name? I have struggled with this as nothing I try seems to fit. I have done some light research on this, but, a listen, but as a listener to your podcast here in 2022, I would love to hear your wisdom regarding how you chose yours and any insight you could give to new witches. Yeah, because, okay, so I'm a Wiccan. This person is talking about being new to Wicca, and one thing that is traditionally done by most Wiccans is choosing a craft name. Um... For those of you who don't know, uh, Trey actually comes is a shortened version of my craft name, uh, which is Tregorn Ravenhawk. It's not a it, that's on the internet already long time ago for decades, so it's I, I feel comfortable sharing that. Normally, a lot some people don't feel comfortable sharing their craft names, but enough uh, enough it, it became normalized enough at least in the '90s for people to write things and publish things under their craft names that I don't feel uncomfortable sharing that. Um, not everyone's going to be happy telling you their craft name. So, you know, uh, let people offer you that information. Don't ask for it. Uh, that's just a, a, a tip. Uh, so, yeah, it's Tregorn Ravenhawk is my is my craft name. Uh, shortened to Trey. Uh, but how I came about my craft name is a very complicated story that I don't know how much I want to actually share on the podcast um it's not i originally actually went by a slightly different craft name um when i first started practicing i actually used Tregorn adderhawk um the 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 change came later it's how do i uh how do i explain this so i don't really know if there's an easy way to describe how i came about my name um the name Tregorn has a complicated origin, um, but I think the important part about picking a craft name is that it feels right. It doesn't have to be like mine. It's, you know, Tregorn Ravenhawk is two parts, and I've got the, you know, I, I was a witch in the 90s. We, we put a lot of animals in our names, and also... Um, Animal symbolism is important to me for a number of reasons that I don't make public and never will. Ha ha. Anyways, the important thing is that it's just meaningful to you. But if you know, as I said, I changed my name at one point because I picked something and it wasn't quite right. And so I changed it to something that was, you know, it's I. It's OK if you like try one out. It's this is like this is so similar to like uh the experiences of a queer person and finding uh, gender identity and picking like I am I am so glad I changed to using my craft name in my day to day life like a good 
couple decades, like, like, like almost two decades before I came out publicly because one of the reasons why I started using my craft name all the time is because I didn't identify with my birth name at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, that non-binary life. Uh, I guess you find something that that means something to you. It could be anything. Like it's some people have monosyllabic craft names. It's it doesn't have to be long and complicated. It just has to be something that feels right. And there are even people who choose to practice under their birth name instead of taking a separate craft name. So I would say stick with what with what feels comfortable. If your own birth name feels comfortable, use that. If it doesn't, pick something else. But it just has to feel like you, no matter what it is or no matter how dumb you think it sounds. Like you don't your craft name does not have to sound cool. Like if you decide you want to call yourself Bubble Butt Johnson, go for it. You know? Like if that's what fits, go, you know, I would I would love to see that like people picking craft names that are just shit posts that would that would make me ecstatic um because i think nothing would properly represent the modern witchcraft movement of the 2020s then again people memeing their craft names that would that would make me so happy so, you know, it's, again, like, I think the, the real difficulty is just trying to be cool and um, just don't try to be cool. Just try to be you. And um, here's this is a great thing about craft names. If you think if it feels right and it works, but you think it doesn't sound cool, you just, you could just be one of those people be like, I don't reveal my craft name to outsiders and be all mysterious and cool in that way instead of, you know, trying to come up with something that would sound cool on a poster that's that's my that's my advice it's uh is just don't actually and also don't you can change it <laughs> like you can rededicate yourself you can rededicate yourself later with a different name if you find that you're working under one that you don't like you can just change it <laughs> Sometimes we we build things up as more complicated than they have to be. And uh yeah, it's it's okay. Let's move on to the next question. Um this person asks from one non-binary witch to another, how do you deal with all of the everything has masculine or feminine energy in the community, especially around Wiccan sources? Okay. So questions like these are great however um episode 14 <laughs> um i'm not gonna go in too deep about my conception of what masculine and feminine energy actually means um and how i disagree with the way that it is applied by most um wiccans who's as this gender essentialist thing uh, my conception of gender of of energy of masculine and feminine we see those as forces is a far more esoteric um, 
idea that I actually used as a conception to figuring out my own gender identity. Uh, what you see most of all in shit, though, is so I am not against necessarily using a term like mass, like feminine or masculine energy theoretically. However, I hate it every single time I read it. And I'll tell you why, because while I, I kind of like enjoy the idea as this like ineffable raw force that you can't really put words to other than, you know, masculine or feminine. Like that's never what people mean. They always mean this like, well, active, that's the masculine energy and, and being rational and, and, and thoughtful. While, while feminine energy is passive and emotional and, and, and I'm very smart. And uh, it's uh, it's an idea that, that Gardner definitely perpetuated. And uh, I fucking hate it. <laughs> I just... I fucking hate it. Uh, how do I deal with it? I stopped talking to a lot of Wiccans. <laughs> how do I deal with it in the community? I say shut up and I leave the room. <laughs> It's like, I don't, I don't know. I tell people I hate it. I tell people I fucking hate it. And then they keep doing it. And then I say, fuck off. And I leave the, it's, I don't know. That's how I deal with it. Or I throw the book against the wall and I go pick up a different book. Um, Sometimes I rant about it on my Tumblr. That's, and every once in a while on my TikTok, which I really need to start posting a TikTok again. Um, you know, uh, I fucking hate it. That's, that's how I deal with it is I just sit there mad. I sit there mad about it a lot. <laughs> And I say, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's that also, I say that a lot. Uh, yeah, no, I just, I, I don't have a good answer. I just fucking hate it. Because <laughs> it's gender essentialist bullshit. Now, um, obviously, like, if you want to know how I reconcile the con the conceptions of that sort of universal duality. I talk about the back in the gender and witchcraft episode. Effectively, I don't use the same definitions for those words within my personal practice. However, I have, because I, I know that Gerald Gardner made a broken system and I fixed it for him. Um, <laughs> like, nope, let's take that gender essentialist bullshit and toss it in the garbage and keep all the good bits and we'll just redefine these things and recontextualize them into my understanding of masculine and feminine and uh, suddenly it makes more fucking sense but uh, until I get down to brass tacks and actually write a book myself I have yet to find a Wiccan book that uh, handles things the way that I see them in that particular instance and uh, I really need to write that book yeah so I guess how I handle it is I sit there mad. <laughs> Anyways, um, moving on to the next question. Uh, this person asks, how can I encourage others to learn? I'm not a teacher. I lent a friend my complete works of Brianna Guerin. Brianna Guerin, friend of the show, host Pikes Positive, also on the Nerd and Type Podcast Network. Um, 
and lent a friend my complete works of Brina Garen to study, and he got frustrated at me for not being able to offer more explanation for a specific spell he wanted to do. I sent him a link to the Hex Positive podcast, Good. at which point he gave up. He has since asked me about it again, and I don't want to deal with it anymore. Uh, yeah, so... Being a teacher is something a lot of us don't want to do. And it's because it can suck. My desire to share knowledge led me to create a podcast, not take a student, uh, for a very specific reason. <laughs> is I love y'all, but I don't want to have to deal with your personal emotional needs all of the time. Uh, so I instead have this much more separated relationship with people I share information with, and that works out great. If you have a question, you can email me, but I'll answer it in my own time in July, probably. Um, and, uh, I have a Tumblr inbox people sometimes send stuff to, but that's, and, uh, I get to deal with it on my schedule and there's, you don't, I don't have the responsibility for your emotional uh, life and uh, that's good. That's what being in this kind of situation we have here with me making podcasts, you listening, you listen based off of your own energy. I give things to you on my own energy. I like on my own time and stuff like that. And we all get to nice have a emotionally balanced life. Teaching someone directly, that's a big old pain in the ass. Um, because when you commit to teaching someone, an ethical person commits to teaching someone. Uh, they have to deal with another person's emotions. Um, this is the other reason why I could never be polyamorous because like I'm, I'm happily married to one person and that person's needs I can deal with and handle like two or three. Dear Lord, how do you people have the, like, I mean, I understand the conception that in a polyamorous relationship that they might also have other partners that they can spread out their emotion. Like, but I just... Like, you still got to, like, think about, like, and, like, it's it's easy for me to, to deal with one person's needs and thoughts. And I love my spouse very much, but um, I can't imagine, like, even just having to emotionally, because I take on, anyways, um, <laughs> that's an aside. Uh, what I'm saying is I don't know how y'all do it. Y'all are evolved differently than me. Um. But yeah, uh, I don't know what to do. It's uh, you gotta tell your friend that uh, you don't have all the answers, and uh, like more more explanations for specific stuff he wanted to do. I mean, I guess I mean in that particular case, if it came out of Breeze Works, send him to Breeze Tumblr. Breeze Ask Box is open. Some, most of the time, I don't know if she'll answer, but I will just say, like, tell him to go bug the person who wrote the spell. Like, <laughs> you know, I guess that's that's the thing is it's like, you didn't write it. Why is he asking you? Now, if you did write the spell, if he's talking about a spell that you wrote, then I don't know if you're like, if you give someone else your thing, you kind of have to expect them to ask questions. Um... If not, uh, you're just sort of because you're you're setting yourself up for that. But it if you didn't write if it's just something out of one of Bree's books, just tell him to go yell at Bree. I guess it's you got to set a boundary. You know what I mean? It's like 
you're here to be a peer, not a teacher. You know, you can tell them that you're still figuring stuff out yourself and that uh, you don't think you're enough of an expert to explain it. And if he's not willing to accept that, that's more of an interpersonal issue of uh, not respecting boundaries. And uh, I can't I can't fix your friend. <laughs> but uh, I can tell you that, again, it's have have your friend, have him, if he wants to know more, seek out other people. And if he doesn't want to, you can't make him. And you just got to be like, hey, I don't feel like I know enough to give you an answer. Moving on. I know that my, I know, hopefully that was a decent answer. I don't know. I, I never feel like I answer these things well enough. This whole, maybe I should one day actually like prepare her response for things. Anyways, um, next one. Um, first off, love the podcast. That's what this person writes. Thank you. Uh, but thank you for all the hard work you put in. Now, my question is, can you answer Druidry versus Wicca? I'm trying to determine my path, but I resonate with both, and I'm learning. I'm leaning more towards Druidry, but I still find Wicca fascinating, and they seem to overlap quite a bit, so it can become muddle, muddled, at least to me, who is a baby in both aspects. LOL. Thank you again. This is Trey in the edit and re-recording an entire answer because I didn't like the one I gave because it was rambly and useless. So let's try this again. First off, I'm not an expert on Druidry at all. I'm, I'm a Wiccan, but I only have a cursory understanding of, of Druidry. I've known Druids. I have talked to Druids, but I am not one. So it's, I can't speak with any real authority on, on Druidry at all. Uh, I think, from from the little knowledge I do have, is that uh, druid druidry is uh, much more vague and less organized in their their set. They don't really have a set dogma or anything like that. Whereas opposed to Wicca, Wicca has a very clear like relationship with divinity. It's there is a god, there is a goddess, and even Wiccans who use like the names of other goddesses and gods in place of just the god and goddess are still in theory worshiping like the same god and the same goddess. And it's a very specific deity structure. And that is, while there may be druids who believe in the Wiccan god and goddesses, there are also people who are both Wiccan and druids at the same time. That's not an inherent part of druidry. It's, uh, it, druidry is a nature, you know, there's a degree of nature worship in, in Druidry. Um, and that's a, a big thing there. It's uh, the specific theology of Wicca is part of Wicca. And that's not really a part. Like it's, it can be a part of some people's, uh, I wouldn't say practice, but some people's participation in Druidry, it is not an inherent part of it. Um, the idea is it's it's nature-centered spirituality. That's really the the best way to put it. Um, and there's a I, 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 there's a lean towards you know animism and polytheism, and it's it's important to remember that druidry, like Wicca, is a reconstruction. It is a brand new thing. It's I mean, unlike Wicca, there actually were historically someone called a druid 
who called you know effect there there was a thing that they're named after but like wicca it was effectively a um a much more modern invention there is no unbroken line to the ancient iron age druids in modern druidry and what they have is a construction or uh, at best a recreation in in much more modern times now again that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with that again i'm a wiccan <laughs> uh there's nothing wrong with that, but it's uh, Druidry is much more philosophical tradition, while Wicca is a very specific, um, has a very specific like theology and and religious structure. So uh, I say, if you're interested in both, continue to learn about both and uh, see what resonates with you. Uh, that's the whole point. Like again, in Wicca, we you know encourage at least a year of study before dedicating yourself to it. So. Just, uh, I, I'd say if, if things aren't clear at this point, um, the, the bad news means that you're not done researching. Um, but also if it's not clear what the differences are, maybe look out for more sources on Druidry than the ones you've been using. Like try to branch out in that world because I think that the, what little I know, the differences should be much more apparent than what they, uh, the, well, than what they are for you right now. That is that is future Trey chiming in now to go to past Trey. Although it's we're all past Trey to you because this is a pre-recorded show. Nothing's in the present for you. This is all the past. But so I guess past Trey is going to throw this back now to more past Trey. Yeah. Moving on to the what's going to be the final question for this episode. I know I had like a whole bunch of other ones, and honestly, it's. Um, I may just respond to some of these in private. I might, I, some I don't have time to, but like one person wrote up a really long question, which I think is really interesting, but it would literally, just me reading it, would add 15 minutes onto this episode and then trying to answer it. I don't know if I have a good answer immediately, and I, I want to think about that answer, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that person back. Um, so this is, this is going to be the final question for this episode. Um, one comes from one of the people on our Discord. You know, we have a Discord. You can actually talk to me all year round, and you can talk to Brina Garen and a whole bunch of people in our community on Discord. And you can find an invite to our link, uh, an invite link to our Discord at nerdandtie.com/discord. That is the Discord for the entire Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. But between this show and Hex Positive, there's a large community of of which, well, not a large. There's a community of witches. We're not a huge Discord. Um, there's a community of witches on the Discord. And you will uh, find that it's super fun. But it also means that you can ask other witches who also aren't me questions. And they might not know, but they also might know. Subject, candle and sources. Throughout your friggin' candles episode, you talk about, well, a lot of different things. But for this question, a few come to mind. One, how so many blogs have different lists of correspondences for colors, etc., and they don't match up. Two, how the idea of disrespecting the elements by blowing out a candle is nonsensical. Three, how no one cites their sources and people seem to be pulling things out of thin air. I want to start by saying that my question is genuine, and while 
Text forms don't convey sincerity well. Please believe me that I am asking this with the utmost of respect for everyone involved. I guess my question is this. How are those factors different than the things you do believe? Ultimately, there are many contradictory sites about pretty much anything in witchcraft. Lots of people think witchcraft is nonsensical, and, as I learned from you, Wicca is relatively modern. So what makes candle correspondence and silly absurd something that someone pulled out of their hat, while other beliefs, specifically in your case Wicca, though this is by no means a Wicca takedown, genuine, real, potentially still just made up, but not in a bad way? If it helps, this question is really because I tend to throw the baby out with the bathwater, and I often find that I have to challenge something either all the way or not at all to ever, well, be happy. I hope this came across right, and thank you for your time. So this is Editor Trey jumping back in and re-recording an answer for this one because I think I think because I had just like shotgunned all of these that I uh, I was getting more rambly as things went on and I recorded a really long answer to this like a good ten minute long answer to this and I think it was rambling and uh, incoherent. I mean, I, I made good points within it, but I made them in such a weird order that, like, I agree with everything I said in that rambly answer. It's just that it wasn't uh, succinct or necessarily understandable. So what makes candle correspondences silly, absurd, something someone pulled out of a hat um, while other beliefs aren't? Well, okay, so let's really break down what my problems were with these if, if we go back to that episode, what my problems were with these lists on these web pages, and that is these were often lists and things like that that were completely unsighted with no explanation about where they came from, presented as universal truths. And I think it's what bothers me and what gets under my skin is when things are presented from a level of authority that, um, like, that it needs to be accepted and not from a point of view of this is my personal belief and how I associate them, right? Like, when I talk about the importance of citing sources, an acceptable source to cite in witchcraft is the witch writing the thing. You know, it's it's okay to say this is my personal, you know, gnosis. This is my personal understanding of these magical things. Like, it's okay to use your own experience, but you have to say that that's where it's coming from. And my issue with the list I was running across on these things is that they weren't presented in that context. They were presented as fact, as an inherent thing. And I guess I, that's really the crux of it. See, if someone says to me that this is my belief and my understanding of it, then I don't have to necessarily agree in the truth of the matter to believe that it's not ridiculous, right? Like that it's it's not, I don't have to believe that every single practice done by every single witch, I don't have to personally believe in if it's in, if it's in its efficacy to, to respect it. And what I don't respect is when people present things as an authority without um, without any sort of explanation of where that information came from and I think a lot of it also like and I will admit and I'm I'm very open about this I am not a materialist I don't believe it's these lists are presented as though especially in the candle episode and this is probably a little bit of my own personal bias that these were presented unsourced like at that the color of the candle was an inherent 
metaphysical property of the candle based on that color. And I don't agree with that. I believe that we can give those correspondences as a witch in our structure, in our spell, and provide that, but I don't believe that inherently a blue candle represents water, which is a specific example, and the idea of a candle representing water is very confusing to me, but I'll accept it as part of that person's particular thing. But they presented it as fact and not belief right? Like, I talk about my Wiccan belief, it's I say I believe in a god and goddess. I don't say there is a god and goddess, right? It's that point of authority. It's, and maybe it's just my, you know, having grown up as a non-Christian in a very, uh, in, in a culture where people will just insist on fact, their personal belief to you, and will do that hard, that when anybody does that in any circumstance, that I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm going to step back here because, yeah. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to is that I don't respect and I find it absurd when someone presents as fact. Because that's, that's the thing. If you are a materialist, right? Like if you are a materialist where this component, this magical component made of this material inherently has this, that's when I need you to provide citations. I need evidence. Like, if it's, it represents this because that's what I believe it represents, or that's how I've structured my magic around it, I can accept that. But if it is, this inherently is this, you have to give me something. Because if you're saying that this is a fact of the material world, this is an inherent property of a physical object, regardless of the belief of any person or thing. I'm an animist because it gets complicated when we talk about this. But um, if you want to tell me that this is an independent property of a thing that is inherent and independent of the witch, then you need to be able to prove it. And, you know, there are things where that's true. That's where a lot of herbalism, like you'll meet a lot of witches who are herbalists, and this herb will do X thing to your body. We can prove it. Here are the facts. And a lot of that was considered is what we would fall into the category of witchcraft now. But it has it is provable. So if you want to say that this is an inherent property of the material, you have to be able to prove it. And we can do that with with the effects of herbs on the human body. But if you want to say that X candle is this inherently, you and you want to say that that's an inherent property of the thing, you have to have a citation. And again, you can turn around and say, oh, this is representative in my magic. This means that. That's fine. That's different because the meaning is then put onto it by the witch. Right? If we are giving the meaning, then the context is all that matters. And the witch's personal gnosis is 100% a legitimate source for that. But if you want to say it's an independent, inherent property of the object's nature, 
I need you to back it up. And that's why, like, in the friggin' Candles episode, I... That's why I treated these things like... I treated certain web pages and things like that like they were nonsensical. Not because it's not okay for someone to use them that way in their practice. What I have a problem with is the contradiction when we try to treat it as uh, a, an inherent material property of the object independent of the witch. I hope that makes sense. I think it made it definitely made more sense than the first time I tried to answer this question. Yeah. So, again, I will always respect uh, a witch's, like... If, if they're saying that this item has this property because that's how I've structured my practice around it, great. That makes perfect sense to me. I'm on board. My own stuff is just that nonsensical but from that point of view. It's when we, when we pitch things as an inherent property, you have to, you have, to have a source and a, a citation. Thank you guys for listening to yet another month of BS Free Witchcraft. I really like doing these Q&A episodes, and hopefully you like them too. I know I get more rambly than normal, and uh, that's why it ends up longer than normal, but, you know, I I enjoy doing them. Um, I want to thank all of my listeners, especially my Patreon patrons. Uh, the Patreon patrons help this show keep going, and... Yeah, you're all you're all great. I want to give a shout out again to those at the shout out level of uh, Stephanie Graves, Lindsay Dosey, Bruce Norville, uh, Courtney, Amber Schmidt, An Echo of Truth, Claire Dennis, and our newest one, uh, Kayla Burkowski. And uh, thank you guys for contributing. And remember, if you contribute even a dollar to the show, you get access to these episodes a whole week earlier. And uh, yeah, it's and I understand that not everybody can contribute money to the show. Um, so if you can't just, you know, share this episode with your friends, tell them about it, make them listen to the show, just like time down to a chair, put the earbuds in their ear, hit play, and then, you know, walk away and make a sandwich while you watch their face uh, contort in terror as they have to listen to me involuntarily. Just, I mean, I guess do that and make them listen to enough where eventually they get used to me and uh, have to listen to me to fall asleep at night. That got weird. Anyways, you can find my Patreon at patreon.com slash T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. You can find this show on social media. You can find me on Twitter, I guess, at T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. You can find me on Tumblr, which is where I am most of the time, T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N.tumblr.com. Um, I have a TikTok, uh, which is, again, T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N um, is my username on TikTok. Uh, and uh, you can follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash bsfreewitchcraft. Do not friend my personal Facebook account. Like almost every month, someone tries to who I don't know, and it's just, uh, don't do that. Uh, that's where I talk to my mom. Um, anyways, uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. Remember, we are part of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. There are a bunch of other podcasts on this network you should definitely check out. Uh, Two Boobs Watch the Tube is a great show that is hosted uh, by Sean Orange and Vink. Who, with every episode they review a season of television that's just the thing they do it's pretty funny it's pretty enjoyable i think you should check that out and you can find that and or hex positive hex positive you like witchcraft you like witchcraft my god if you've listened to this entire episode at this point and you don't like witchcraft i don't know what you're doing with your life you really should spend time doing things you actually like um 
but uh if you like if you like witchcraft uh just uh do stuff but also listen to hex positive on the nerd and type podcast network hosted by brina garen uh author of grove daughter witchery and a number of other things and uh her show is great and you should also listen to that join our uh our discord which you find invite at nerdtie.com slash discord and chat with us hang out be a pal uh watch us fill up the general channel with our wordle scores every day is the thing we're still doing but uh <laughs> yeah it's it's super fun and uh you know i i, I love you guys and uh as always, my chickens, dirt in our fingernails, brick in our hands. Let's get this done. <laughs>